listening to Inspire On The Go. It's your weekly dose of fun, encouragement, real-life conversations, and all things women's ministry, regularly featuring segments from Andrea's radio show, Truth On The Go. If you find yourself on the go, then this is the podcast for you. Now, welcome your host, Andrea Lennon, as we talk about all the great truths that we can take with us as we go through our day. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. I am so excited today as I bring a podcast to you from my radio program, Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon, which um, airs in Central Arkansas on 99.5 Faith Talk Radio and 93.3 The Fish. Uh, Good friends of mine, April and Carissa, joined me just a few weeks ago, and we recorded two programs, and both of them were just so powerful. The first program, which you're going to hear today, is about diversity, and you will quickly pick up um, from listening to the program that Carissa is white and April is black and they are very honest about that and they share just so much wisdom about the beauty of diversity and how we need to cultivate diversity in our friendships and in our lives and how God's um, kingdom is a picture of a diverse kingdom and so we want to just get in on the fun right here as we live out our time on this earth and so listen to this podcast be encouraged be inspired and then step out of your comfort zone and find some friends who may be from a different um, culture, a different background, and then just watch God bless and develop and grow that friendship all for his glory. So enjoy the show. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Oh, I'm so excited as we come to this day. And just this past weekend, the Lord was reminding me about this very important concept of having an attitude of gratitude. And as I thought about that concept, and as I thought about what that means, like really in our daily lives, you know, like on those crazy mornings when everybody's running late and nothing's going well, what does it mean to have an attitude of gratitude? The Lord reminded me about the importance of having a settled way of life. And when I talk about having a settled way of life, I'm talking about like knowing that we know that God is good and that he is love and that he is light and that he is all that we need for life and godliness right here in the middle of our crazy days. And because of that, our behaviors demonstrate his goodness and his love and his light and his power in the way that we both react and respond to all of the things going on in us and around us. And so we want to live out that truth today and have an attitude of gratitude. I'm so thankful for the way that God crossed his paths, he places us with the right people at the right time to accomplish his right purposes. And today I have the honor to introduce you to two very special ladies who have a very special friendship. So joining us today on Truth on the Go is my friend Carissa Hardage and my friend April McCullough. And oh, I'm so excited. I, I just am so excited on the edge of my seat as I think about all the fun stuff we're going to learn today. So Carissa, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how we met. Well, I'm trying to think back. There's so much I feel like I need to tell, uh, especially where you're concerned. So I am first and foremost a lover of Jesus Christ. And I know that's the church girl thing to say, but it really is true for me. I'm I'm a self-proclaimed prodigal and I'm a preacher's kid and a prodigal and and, um, have really lived just the fullness of grace of Jesus in my own life. And and it has fueled me on to want to watch that happen in the lives of other women. And so that brought me into a world of ministry that I encountered first in women's Bible study. And I know you are very familiar with this part of my testimony because as a prodigal, I ran away from all church related things for a really long time. And after God kind of drew me back in through a lot of different circumstances, one of the ways that he nailed me down 
was through women's Bible study. And that's kind of where he sparked my heart and my passion for women. And um, and having a little girl, I have an amazing husband that I've been married to for 16 years. And then I have a little girl and two little boys. And having a little girl kind of made me want more to love women and to build up women and encourage women. And so you were the first women's retreat that I ever went to. It was hosted by you. You led it. I'll never forget it because you talked about transformation and how just time with the Lord would be enough to transform us. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to be transformed into the kind of person that I knew God was calling me to be. And, you know, I love that you can remember that Mm -hmm. moment because I remember that moment as well. Because sometimes when you're standing in front of a group of people, you just see like one particular lady who God is really working in their life. I mean, you like, you can see it happening. And it's such an encouragement for you as the speaker, because you know that God is doing something that you could never do in and of yourself. And I remember his spirit all over you. And I came to you after the retreat or you came to me or something and you just started to share your story. And I wanted to keep up with you. And so we connected and we stayed in touch over the next several years. And so to see you literally blossom and grow, it is so rewarding to me because you've stepped into ministry. There's just all kinds of incredible things going on. And we'll get to that and we'll talk about how you're currently serving the Lord. But just to be a part of that small little bit of your journey is so powerful. And to have you today on the program, all glory to God, all glory to God. So in April, McCullough, I met you, I think, through my friendship with Carissa. So tell us a little bit about you and how God is connecting you in his kingdom purposes. Yes. So I'm April McCullough and I believe that I first met you through a encouraged retreat where you were speaking. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, who is this lady on stage with so much passion and so much just excitement about the Lord? And I wanted to know who you were after the retreat. I never got a chance to connect with you afterwards, but we connected over time. So I am so excited about this opportunity. And I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've made a complete mess of my life when I first met the Lord and I went out and did some things that I was ashamed of. And it was through learning about the communities, the women communities that I grew back and fell in love with Jesus again. And so I connected with Carissa and she was having um, a ladies Bible study and it just went from there. I just kind of stayed connected and fell in love with Jesus all over again. So I am excited about seeing what he's doing in my life and through this relationship and through the relationships that he has placed before me and allowed me to connect with. And like Krista and me, you balance the ministry and the family and the church and the community and all the different roles and responsibilities. Tell us just a little bit about your family. So I have a wonderful husband who takes care of the home while I'm out and doing everything for Jesus. (laughs) And I have three children, one, eight, 12 and 17. And it is a chore balancing all of that marriage, motherhood, and all of it together. So we, we stay in church. We stay doing ministry together. And like Carissa, it was when my daughters started growing up 
when I realized I have to pursue this because they are watching my every move. They're watching everything that I do, and I I need to stay connected with the Lord because their salvation and their story depends on me. And that was a huge um, responsibility for me as a mother. Setting that example. Right. And just following the Lord faithfully as they follow you. Yes. And so I want us to talk a little bit about how you two connected and the beautiful friendship that has uh, been established through that connection. So, Krista, do you want to tell us how you first met April and a little bit about your story? Well, I like April's version because you oh, tell okay. it. April tells the story so much better than I do. Tell him, tell him how we met. I love your version. Okay, so this is the way I saw the story. We were actually in a junior league of North Little Rock, and I remember sitting at the table and saying, oh, my goodness, this white girl is so extra. <laughs> She okay, was listen, the loudest. Explain what extra means. Okay, so <laughs> it was a training, and she, she was very loud and very unfearful of the, the situation where we were all like, okay, this is brand new territory, and she wasn't afraid. So she was just talking about how we were going to get through this training, and I was saying, she's so extra, but I like her. <laughs> I know now that that's a compliment. It is a compliment. And true. It is very true. She has been extra ever since I've known her. And we we actually didn't connect because she left and moved. Her family moved away. And somehow in a way, I met her on Facebook. I saw where she was doing some writing and doing a blog. And I connected with her. Then I sent her an email. And I said, hey, I see what you're doing. And I want to be a part of that. I love to write. Can I connect with you? And can I send you some writers? And she said, absolutely. And it was it was a wrap from there. Yes. And what was so precious, and, and I may be jumping the gun telling you about this part, but I was actually, my role in my journey of faith ministries, which is the ministry that I partner with my precious mother-in-law, Sandra, in doing, and it's a huge part of our relationship, Andrea. I started as the editor of the online magazine, which was kind of a blog format. And April messaged me and said, I, like she said, I love what you're doing. Can I be a part of this? And she sent me a blog and it was probably four pages long, easily four. And I thought this girl has been holding this in for a long time. Time. She needs to get this out. And she became a regular writer, a regular contributor. And I remember reading the Harvest article was your first story that you ever wrote. And it was about what God was harvesting in her life. And it's she lives what she writes. And that's the first thing that struck me that I, I just reconnected with how beautiful she was on the outside as well. Um, but also on the inside that her words were just so life giving and so beautiful and so full. For everybody, it, it wasn't about black or white or single or married. Or it, she was just talking about Jesus and what Jesus was doing in her life. And it was beautiful. Well, now she has taken over as editor of My Journey of Faith magazine. And so it's a full, beautiful circle where we're connected today in ministry. And that has reconnected us. You know, uh, I love My Journey of Faith. I love the passion of My Journey of Faith. And really, I think at the heart of My Journey of Faith, and we'll get to this in our next program, is just knowing how to tell your story. You know, really being able to capture who you are, what God is calling you to do, and how we can walk that out authentically. And so we'll get to that. uh, But first, I want us to talk about the fact that 
we have a beautiful friendship here that is connected first and foremost in Jesus Christ. Yes. So we really want to we really want to unpack that, and we'll do that on the other side of the break. But before we go to the break, I want to just obviously state for everyone who is listening uh, that you are a diverse friendship. Like Carissa is white, and April is black, and we were talking about. Can we just state that? Like, yes. can we just state <laughs> that? You know, uh, because so often we are afraid. I think of those relationships because maybe. We don't know how to navigate them, but that's part of your friendship is helping other people know how to navigate and to understand each other's cultures and backgrounds and to celebrate that for the glory of God. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how we can celebrate and cultivate friendships in Christ in such a powerful way that we forget about our differences and we're bonded by that which draws us together. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. Okay, we're back with our good friends, Carissa and April. And I know even right now you're saying they're my good friends too. I love these girls and I love their authenticity and I just love their passion for Jesus. And I love that they have a diverse friendship and they celebrate their differences and their cultures. But at the same time, they recognize the common bond in Jesus Christ. And so we're just going to move straight into that conversation, straight into that topic. And we want you to help us know how to do this in our everyday lives. And so how can we cultivate friendships that are Christ honoring as well as diverse and different. Well, I just want to share my heart on on my experience with April because I would consider myself a pretty open person. I feel like I'm pretty open-minded to the differences around me, but I will say that I didn't realize my limitations until I met you, April. I, I take for granted our similarities. And I take for granted what we have alike, because I call her the black Carissa, and she calls me the white April, because we are so much alike. I mean, we love so much of the same things, and we have the same kind of passion for Jesus, and we, we God just made us so similar just in character and nature that I tend to minimize or not fully appreciate our differences. And one thing that really shocked my system a little bit, and I mean, we've been friends for years and years, but uh, April lost her mom recently. And I went into her funeral and I I had been to an African-American church once when I was a little girl with my daddy who also appreciated black culture and wanted us to experience it. And it was the neatest. I'll never forget that experience. It was so neat. And I'm a little girl and everybody's dancing and celebrating Jesus. So it was like children's church for grownups and kids for me. And so I went and I sat at the back and I was struck by, and not by anybody's fault or purpose, but I felt other in that moment. I felt outside and I was nervous about how they would accept me. And I knew it wasn't April because she had already accepted me, but this was the world that I sat down. I was one of probably four white people mm-hmm. and I felt on the margin and I've never felt on the margin in that way before. And there were things that they said and talked about that I didn't understand. I didn't understand the language. I didn't understand what they were talking about a lot of times as far as just the culture and the language that was used. And 
I left there and I sat in my car on the way home and I cried. And it's because I know that you feel like that all the time, all the time. And it struck me that I need to be aware of our differences and I need to pay attention and ask about that and ask more and become more educated and become more aware. Because if I don't, how can I expect her to? Wow. I'm just blown away by, and we've talked about this and I guess I didn't even expect for you or someone to feel like I feel all the time. Yeah. I didn't even know that it was something, an awareness that I needed. I didn't know that other people needed to know how I felt. So this is my world all the time. And because I've been so immersed in the white culture all my life, I guess I take for granted that nobody knows how I feel. Nobody knows the journey that I take all the time and going into the white culture and whether it's church, um, whether it's junior league, yes. whether it's any um, Bible study where I'm the only black person there, the only black woman there. Um, I take for granted that nobody knows how I feel because it's just been so much of what I've done all my life. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you for coming for one. And I appreciate you for just taking that in and, and feeling what I felt and what I feel all the time, because that that's important to me. And it's important that we share and we talk about how that makes us feel. And I'm just so grateful for you, Andrea. I'm so grateful for this platform Mm -hmm. to be used in this way as a form of worship, as a form of awareness, because we're not always afforded this. And I just appreciate this time to talk about things like this because it, it is something that I think we've strayed away from, especially the church. Yes. We've strayed away from opening up because of the risk of offending. And what's happening is we are afraid to offend, but there is a people group that is still sitting back saying, well, who's speaking for us? Where's our voice? And we, we just, we won't say anything because we don't want to offend. And I just think that we, we need to do away with that. We just need to, to make, take that away. And I think one way to do that is having open communication, because I think so often while you're in your spot going, I don't want to offend, you know, like for me, I'm in my spot going, I don't know what to say. Right. You know, and so it creates this barrier, which I think is from the enemy. I think all of it is from the enemy. He is coming. He is here to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give life. Right. And he came to give purpose and he came to give a place at the table. And so that's why I think we have to have these conversations. And we have to be brave. We have to be brave to call out the wrong. We have to be brave to say, I will be a forerunner. I will be one who will take that step. And I may mess up. I may not know what to do. But as long as we are connected by Jesus Christ and we're living for his glory and for his name, then we're going to run in the same lane together and spiritual progress will be made. And so this is a safe place to have this conversation. And I pray that it helps other people to engage in these conversations conversations to look around and to say, you know what, I want to have a relationship with you and I want you to have a relationship with me. I want you to come into my world and I want to go into your world because here's what we learn. I mean, we're going to learn so much about ourselves, but we're going to learn 
so much about each other as well. And here's what has to drive us. And, and I've, I've written about this in my book, God in the Window. Heaven is going to be the most diverse place we yes. have ever been. Scripture tells us every tongue, tribe, and nation around the throne, worshiping God in spirit and truth. And it will be the most amazing sight and the most amazing sound. We can't even fully comprehend it. And if that is the place of perfection, where we are at the feet of Jesus, no more sin, no more shame, no more doubt, no more tears. The old order is passed away. The new order is here. Then why don't we get busy doing that right now? Yes. Why Why are we waiting? And so that's why I think this topic is so important for our sanctification process, because we're going to a place of diversity and we're going to a place where that is celebrated and where God has ordained that. So we need to be really careful about compartmentalizing our lives that's right. in our everyday lives. And so we got to push past the fear. So I want to hear some real practical things that you did maybe at the beginning of your friendship to help learn about one another and about your cultures. I remember watching a quick like Facebook live where you two were in <laughs> the car, like doing some kind of lip gloss thing. And I just like the, the famous w- lip gloss yes. story. <laughs> you may have to share that with us and everyone's going to want to go and find that because I'm like, I'm driving down the road watching it, which mom, I'm sorry. I was that. <laughs> but I'm like trying not to have a wreck. It was so funny. So tell us a little bit about just the practical aspect of your friendship. Well, I'll tell you the foundation of our relationship is that I love her. I mean, I just genuinely love her. And that's why in, you know, I'm studying Acts right now. I told you I'm teaching Acts and, and they were unified because they loved each other and they had the same vision. They had the same ideals for the world around them. And that's what we have. We love each other and because we love each other. She knows my heart and she knows that I am for her as a person, not as a black person yet, but as a person. And then that ventures into her struggle has to become my struggle because if it's not, then, then I don't really love her. Isn't that the Bible? Isn't that the gospel of Christ? And so So I feel safe with her because she knows me. I am very transparent. I'm probably more transparent with April than I am with anybody else. I go to her with my own problems and my own just life struggles. And so because she knows that I trust her and feel safe with her, I know that I can go to her and I can say, this is happening. What do you think about this? Or, or how do you respond to this? Or what does this look like in your life? And then she gets to tell me and ask me the same things. I think that the first step for all of us is that we've got to remember that we are all equal at the foot of the cross and that we are all made in God's image. And so if we can get past all that, that stuff, then we can connect and and love each other the way that Jesus told us to. And that puts us on a level field where we can be safe. And I'm going to piggyback off of that. I just think that it is important to trust the friendship, to trust the relationship, because Sometimes I'm so honored that she would come to me with some of the things that she struggles with that I, I, I tell the Lord, I'm honored to pray for her. I'm honored to, to carry this with her because not all the time are we transparent. We're, we're too ashamed. We're too broken. We're too messy. And we're, we don't want to um, open up about those things. So I don't take that for granted. I think that is part of the breaking part of forming a relationship is trust. Yes. And I just, I can't tell you how invaluable that is to the relationship. And another thing is while we are white and black or she's white and I'm black, 
I am very black. <laughs> I would like to say that first and foremost, we, we love the Lord. Yeah. And that is our covering. And that is who um, we identify ourselves as, as Christ followers first. And then we are who God made us. We are we are black and we are white because that's who he made us to be. But our, our covering is Christians. That's our bond. And, and as you said, that's that's what links us all together. So I will also add one thing that April has really pushed me because sometimes I struggle with making margin for people just in general. Um, I'm not great at maintaining friendships in the busyness of life. And so I really have to work hard to make margin. And so April really pushes me on that, that I need to, I need to make time for that time together to foster that time together and that we need to do that with our families as well. And so we have really also tried to bring our kids in and and just have an openness about how we, we have to fight through understanding each other. It's not going to just come because I haven't lived in the light. Like I said, I had my very first small, small, tiny taste of her experience. And so I don't understand her world and the world that she lives in on a regular basis. And I definitely don't understand the world that her husband and her sons live in. And my kids can't. And so we try to be open about that conversation and that struggle within our families as well as within our relationships with each other to invite that conversation in. I think sometimes we assume that we can't understand each other and so we don't try so we cover it up and we just ignore it. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to break that thing wide open because that is the only way that we're going to maintain that safety together. And I was just going to say, this is when I appreciate her extra because she is bold and she is asking questions and she will call me and say, well, make me understand this and help me to understand what's going on. I'm like... Do we really have to talk about that right now? And she's like, yes, we have to. Let's do it now. And I appreciate that because, again, when you're in your cycle of let's not offend, let's let's not risk it. This is how it's always been. I appreciate her willingness to understand. Oh, that is so good. Thank you so much, ladies, for opening your hearts and your lives as well as just challenging us on friendships, all friendships, quite honestly, built on love, trust, transparency, vulnerability, and a good dose of extra. Yes. So join us (laughs) next time. And uh, April and Krista will be back to share more wisdom and wit as we learn how to live our lives for the glory of God. This episode of Inspire On The Go is over, but we hope you'll be back next Monday for the latest episode. In the meantime, you can visit absc.org forward slash inspire podcast to find more episodes and ways to connect with Andrea. Also, if you're in central Arkansas, you can find Andrea's radio show Truth On The Go at 93.3 The Fish and 99.5 Faith Talk Radio on Sunday mornings.